0: Welcome to the Wedding Film Academy Podcast, your go-to source for learning to create stunning wedding films and run a successful business. Here's your host, Lumix Luminary and wedding filmmaker, Jordan Bunch.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wedding Film Academy Podcast. This is another pub chat. I'm excited because I am not in Austin today. Uh, today, I keep almost saying the wrong town, I'm in Minneapolis, uh, I'm actually here, I talked about it last week, but I'm here for a class I'm teaching at the National Camera Exchange, um, it will have already been done by the time this podcast is released, but uh, hopefully it went smashingly well, uh, it is a wedding, I'm trying to remember what I called it exactly, wedding and event. Cinematography crash course, a two-hour class I'm teaching here at the National Camera Exchange, uh, just outside of Minneapolis, for their hundred and third anniversary, which is mind blowing. That a camera store has been open for a hundred and three years. Wonder what camera they were selling at that point. Uh, but anyways, uh, we're doing a pub chat here. Uh, I'm drinking a surly bender coffee. Coffee Stout, yeah. <laughs> and with me I have Bobby Burns. So uh Bobby is uh he's in his tenth year as a uh, wedding filmmaker and uh recently moved back to Minneapolis. And so uh welcome to the show, Bobby.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Excited to be drinking a beer here and uh getting to chat, all things wedding wedding filmmaking with you. Um mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So, um, you know, as you mentioned, this is my, well, now we're in the middle of it, I guess now middle of my 10th year shooting weddings. Um, I, my company name is Redmond Digital Media. Um, And again, as you mentioned, we were, um, you know, I I started it here. Um, I started shooting weddings here in Minneapolis. And then moved out to Santa Barbara, or actually to, uh, actually at that time it was Orange County, California for a little bit, and then up to Santa Barbara. Um, So I was out in California for about seven or eight years. And then we just moved back a year and a half ago, back here, back home to Minneapolis and, um, you know, going strong with weddings out here. And uh, yeah, we're a husband and wife team. Um, so, you know, we've been shooting together, you know, this is my 10th year. This is my wife's, uh, sixth or seventh year. We started shooting together when we were, when we were engaged. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Yeah. So how was that moving? Because I had a, a little bit similar experience moving. Mine was a much shorter move than yours. Mine yeah. was like a four and a half hour drive move, but it's still starting over. Yeah. Uh, but you guys started over in a whole new way. I mean, moving halfway across the country. Yeah. Uh, you know, after you're eight years into doing this full time so tell me like what that what that's been like you've been here for two years yeah, here?
0: this is our second wedding season that we're in right now um so you know we've been here I think a year and a half, but we yeah, second wedding season okay season here, yeah,
1: and how's it going so far in the transition?
0: It's good um you know uh it it was like i said it's it's crazy to just pick up and move um like that and you know it's crazy just to move in itself but to move a business is is yeah. especially a service-based business like that yeah, is just a sure. um, a unique experience let's put it that way so yeah you know when we moved or when we started talking about moving because we knew we wanted to be back here we both you know our families are here and this is where we wanted to end up long term um it was scary like it's it's no joke. This is your income. This is what you rely on. And, um, you know, I think we took some, some good steps in, in making that transition as easy as possible, but it's still, you know, it's still nerve wracking before you actually do it. And, uh, and then doing it of course too. So we moved, uh, a, an opportunity presented itself for us to move in, uh, in August of I don't know, two years, two years ago or something, two, yeah. 2015 maybe. Yeah, so just um, shy of two years. Yeah, so, and, uh, yeah, I guess we're coming up on two years now. But, um, you know, at that point, it was, you know, we, had, we knew we wanted to move somewhat soon. Um, but, you know, if we had our, you know, if it was our decision, we would have moved in the winter or something when mm-hmm. we're not in wedding season. But we were, right. you know, we were not right in the middle of wedding season, but definitely in, you know, in prime time, still in August. I think it was mid-August or so, so we actually we moved out here. we had one weekend free um, until like early December, and we didn't want to make that drive, you know, especially Minnesota, winter, Colorado mountains, winter, like we don't want to do that. Um, so we had one free weekend in August, we packed everything up, we moved uh, it took you know five or six days, moved out to Minneapolis, and then but like yeah, I said, we flew right back. yeah, we flew right back, we flew <laughs> back, I think 11 weeks in a row oh, or weekends in a row. Man. Um it was, you know, I tell people it was I mean honestly, it was just the worst. Like we loved all those weddings. They were amazing couples, great venues, et cetera. Yeah. But it's just you know, it's it's stressful and you're losing, you know, motivation and editing time because you're spending so much time traveling. Yeah. And so it, that was interesting. Um and then, you know, kinda as as luck would have it, I guess, like we our first year, which was last year, our first full year back. We, um, you know, every year we, we shoot 25 weddings. You know, we're pretty adamant about keeping that as our limit. Um, and then last year, because of a couple last-minute bookings that were, you know, we had some relationship to that we, we felt we had to take them on. They were number, I think, 26, 27, and 28. So we ended up with 28 weddings. Um, and almost all of those, you know, um, not all of them were in Minneapolis. But we, you know, what we really wanted to do is when we, when we were in California, we were shooting, you know, most of our weddings in California and then a handful back in the Midwest, you know, three or something like that, mostly Minneapolis, and then a handful elsewhere in the U.S. or occasionally in the world. And, um, you know, so we really wanted to kind of flip-flop that. So we were doing most in Minneapolis and a few back in California and still doing our destination stuff. So right. it really worked out, you know, that first year we were, you know, we kind of planned on maybe taking a year or two to, to really get that. That switch done and right. uh we're both really glad that that wasn't the case because i don't think yeah. we could handle another you know 15 weddings in california while we're out here yeah. or something like
1: that jeez 11 weeks in a row i can't even imagine yeah well it was
0: 11 for me so actually my wife micah moved out middle of july
1: okay
0: uh, so like five weeks maybe before i did yeah. and so she was back five more weeks because she was back every weekend from July until when we moved in August. So So that was your heavy heavy
1: wedding season. Yeah. I
0: think she did 16 weeks in a row back to California. I did 11. So goodness. Jeez. Y'all are nuts. So
1: I'm thinking about uh, just in that transition. Yeah. How did y'all start getting those bookings that you needed right away here in a new state?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Like we – Um, so, you know, like I said, we knew that we would end up here. We knew that this is where we wanted to be long-term. And so even when we were in California, like I mentioned, we would shoot back here, um, you know, three weddings a year, something Mm -hmm. like that. So, you know, part of it is that we had relationships with, um, other vendors, you know, photographers and venues and stuff like that. Um, we had relationships with other videographers in the area, um, you know, the, where we were in California, there weren't a lot of videographers that we really connected with. Um, here it's, uh, you know, we were in Santa Barbara, so, uh, you know, Minneapolis is a big city. Santa Barbara is, you know, it's, it's not, yeah. um, so out here, you know, the market's a lot bigger. And along with that is, you know, the industry or, you know, the amount of people doing video and doing high quality video is, is bigger as well. So we had, sure. you know, relationships with a lot of those videographers. It's, it's a cool community out here of those guys and, and nice. girls as well. So I think that's part of it, you know, having that, that, you know, albeit small, but client base to some extent out here already, you know, people that were referring us and, you know, when we moved back, we both grew up here. So people knew we were back in town and Mm. it's funny because, you know, we've traveled all over shooting, but most people don't, they don't think of that or they don't know that, you know, they'd refer us in a heartbeat, but it was only when we moved back that people saw, you know, on Facebook or whatever that now we're living in Minneapolis and now they're you know, friends and family are referring us and whatnot. So it's a little bit of everything. Um, we also did the not, um, which, you know, we weren't, we weren't really sure of, but we wanted something to just, you know, basically our mindset was, you know, we feel good about the work we do. And if we can get people, you know, get our videos in front of people. Yeah. Um, that, you know, ultimately would lead to, to inquiries and booking. For so, sure. yeah, you know, no, the, the knot is, a great way to put it. Yeah, exactly. Vehicle, and yeah. so, you know, if you believe in your work and your craft and you know, the knot can be helpful, you know, it's, it's certainly our, our ratio of booking to inquiries is lower through the knot because you just get a ton of sure. inquiries, yeah. but
1: people are just clicking that button. Yeah. And it's yeah. always the, you know,
0: hi, I found you through the knot and I'd love to know about your pricing. Like the, yep. you know, generic, Standard yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. that The knot fills in for them or whatever, but but, you know, we, we book enough through that to make it worthwhile, too. And then, you know, in this year, it's, you know, it kind of... It, it's a spider web, right? It all builds off of it uh, off of itself if you're doing good work and you're keeping your clients happy and, you know, they're referring you out and people see, you know, through social media and whatnot. So, sure. so yeah, I think those are, you know, it's, it's like I said, a kind of a little bit of, of everything to really make yeah. that transition happen.
1: Nice. But Yeah. Cool. So, you were telling me... A- we're, we just had, had dinner together, and you're telling me a little bit about your company and, in particular, like some of your packages, with, which I thought was really unique because most people I hear talking about um, when they're talking about like the main product, like the short film, its number of minutes, you're doing something a little bit different. Tell me about that.
0: Yeah, so we do, um, you know, basically the way, and this is it's kind of new for us actually in the last year or so um is you know we used to be uh organize our collections by the amount of hours so you had us there for eight hours you had us there for 10 hours you had us there for 12 hours and you know every every collection was the same outside of that so you were always getting a two song highlight film it was you know seven to nine minutes i think is what we quoted or something and then we also gave their ceremony and then important reception events and what we found and why we made this switch into, you know, what we're doing now, which I'll get into in a minute is, you know, we would at weddings, they run late and, you know, people don't really know what their schedule is like. And, you know, they know a week or two beforehand, but you kind of got into this situation that was just uncomfortable for everybody um, where, you know, we'd be having to say, hey, you know, our time is up or, hey, our time is going to be up in 30 minutes. You know, you still haven't done half the things you have planned for the reception or whatever because things got behind because it's a wedding and it happens. Yep. And you know, so you have that uncomfortable conversation about do you want us to stay? Here's our hourly rate, and and basically what we decided is to move to a full day coverage, you know, collection okay. thing where we divide the the packages up more by what they're getting in the end, and right. so it saves us from having that awkward conversation. Um, you know, in the long run, we probably average out the same amount of, of shooting hours. Um, and you know, our big thing was we wanted our client experience to be, you know, amazing. We didn't want anybody to, to be able to say like, oh, you know, they were so great. We love our film, but it was kind of annoying that I had to pay them for that extra hour or something. So that was kind of what we ultimately decided was, was most important to us was our client experience. And, yeah. um, So yeah, we move now to, you know, our, we restructure our our prices um, and our collections. And so now our base collection is a one song highlight film. Um, So that's more like, you know, it's three to four minutes, something like that. Yeah. Um, And we don't, we quote it just by the number of songs. Although, you know, for most couples we're choosing the music. So it usually falls in that, you know, we, we know what we're looking for. So three to four minutes and then. You know, She's one other, of those one-minute
1: song, freedom songs. Yeah, yeah, all exactly. Right, I was like, oh, yeah, you should you should have
0: read the fine print, man, because I picked a one-minute and 20-second song, and that's all you get. Uh, no, you know, we we try to, you know, to some extent that is, like, in our heads. Like, oh, you know, you didn't, and even with our old packages, we, you didn't want to quote seven to nine minutes and then deliver something that was like, seven minutes and three seconds. Yeah. Because you didn't want somebody to say, oh, well, they kind of gave me the short end of the stick or whatever. So, yeah. We changed it to just one song or two songs. So, But, yeah, you know, generally one song is three to four minutes. Two song is more like seven, seven and a half, you know, something like that. But um, it's worked really well for us. You know, we feel like our our ultimate goal, something that we talked about at dinner, too, is is kind of, you know, maybe paring down our weddings a little bit. Um, Like I said, we do 25 a year. But, you know, long run, we might want to, you know, increase our prices a bit and, and, you know, get that down to 15 or something like that. Yeah. So this was part of that that move of, um, you know, still having an introductory price that's attainable for the types of clients that we love working with, um, but you know, having the option if the budget's there to to get more for your money and, um, yeah, so that's kind of what what spurred that and where we're at right now, and we're pretty happy with it. We like it a lot.
1: Cool. Yeah. Right. So you're also working with your wife. A lot of our guests actually um, or, or a husband and wife team. Yeah. Tell me about that. Cause, uh, I, I didn't get the pleasure of meeting your wife. So tell me about like that dynamic and how that's been working for y'all.
0: Yeah. It's been, you know, she's listening probably. Yeah. So. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> Nothing more. Um, no, you know, it's, it's great. Honestly. Um, it's, it's interesting. You know, I don't know. I, I know a ton of photographers and some videographers as well, their husband and wife Um, and obviously it works for them too. So I imagine so, um, so, you know, it is, it is something, but at the same time we get asked all the time or, you know, people will comment when they, when they know that we work together and they're like, Oh, I could, I could never work with my spouse or we could never (laughs) work together. So we get that a lot, which is funny. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, a big part and something that we talk about a lot is a big part is like knowing what you're each responsible for. Um, because you don't, you kind of need one person in different areas, so it can be a different person for each, you know, area. But sure. you kind of need one person who's going to make that final call. Um, yep. I think that's helped us out a lot in, you know, avoiding like arguments. Honestly, like if you're both, you know, fifty percent, you know, have fifty percent of the weight in your decision, and your deci- and your opinions are different on something, sure. how are you ever going to get to a solution that you both can live with? Sure. So I think that's a big part of it. Um and then one of the great things for us and you know maybe this is for other people too, but our shooting styles are very different. Um mm. and so that really helps I think you know it helps with video because you want different angles and you want you know different focal lengths and stuff like that and what we enjoy shooting and you know you know we'll overlap a little bit of course sure, depending yeah. on the situation but uh, what we each enjoy the most is is really different from each other. So, like, for example, for me, I love shooting... Like, I love epic wide shots. I love negative space. Mm-hmm. Um, I like a lot more of, like, the technical stuff with maybe some lighting or, like, um, you know, silhouette stuff. Or I'm always the one on, like, a gimbal or maybe, a, you know, a slider or a jib or the drone yeah. or whatever. Um, and, you know, Micah likes more intimate shots, so, you know, she's more on maybe an 85 or something like that, and she's, yeah. you know, she's getting more of that in-the-moment stuff on a monopod or something like that, so she's rarely on, like, what we would call, like, the toys, you know, like gimbal and whatnot, right. so, and, you know, it works so well for us because we both enjoy shooting that way, and that, you know, meshes together, like, we we love having the motion of the gimbal, but we wouldn't want two people on a gimbal all day, no, and we sure. love... Yeah. You know the you tripod need, shots. You, you gotta need mix them. It up. Right. Yeah, you need them to tell the story, and you need some stuff that doesn't have motion, especially for a wedding day. Like if you can, if you're on set and you can plan all the motion of your shots, you can make it all flow. But a wedding day, it doesn't work like that. Sure. You know, so yeah. you know having those tripod shots is essential to to moving a story along and keeping it visually appealing. So yeah, um, so yeah, that's I don't know. That's kind of how we work. <laughs> yeah, it's worked well for us. I don't okay. know but uh you haven't got any like fights on the dance floor or anything no i mean you know we always have a little bit i feel like i feel like the hardest part is in the moment in the wedding right because you have five seconds to make a decision on something yeah and and that's tough because you know you walk that fine line where like i don't i don't want to tell her what to do she doesn't want to tell me what to do yeah but also like hey, you know, we're shooting the first look and my shot is set up like this so the groom is frame left. Like, you know, I need your shot to be frame left. But she was set up in this really cool shot that had him frame right or something, you know? So it's like five seconds, you know, five, four. Like, we got to figure it out before yeah, yeah, yeah. the bride comes or whatever. So yep. there's some some situations like that that are not tough, but, yeah. you know, whatever.
1: So like budget part of... Your income for marriage counseling—that's yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, every yeah. Uh,
0: every wedding that we shoot is a marriage <laughs> yeah. counseling session. No, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, like be... uh, contact the the minister afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah get yeah. his uh, get his contact. And no, we should probably do like couples massages after. There you or go. Something. That's a good but, plan. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, we don't do that either. Unfortunately,
1: the couples massage, thats probably a better
0: investment. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's, that's kind like... of both in the same. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You can thing. talk it out while yeah. you're both getting a massage
1: yeah or afterwards while you're rehydrating either one yeah um
0: but yeah nice. it works it works
1: well nice uh so you said you're doing some destinations too yeah so where is it just back to Santa Barbara or other places or? yeah,
0: I mean you know here here in the midwest, like we're pretty close, so we'll shoot Wisconsin you know a few times, and we've sure. shot like Chicago or outside of Chicago, that kind of area uh-huh um Trying to think anywhere else. Those are you know we don't get a lot in the Dakotas or I we I, we might have won in Iowa this year, but you know there, all those states are relatively close. Sure. Um, and then we have a few back. Like I think we have one in Santa Barbara, one in the Bay Area. Uh, we might have one. No, I think that's all. That's what we have right now in California or the rest of this year at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. But and then you know when we we're in California, it was I mean California's huge, so. You're in California, you shoot Palm Springs, which is technically California, but I could drive, you know, half the places in Wisconsin and back and spend less time driving. So it yeah, makes sense. Yeah, it's uh, like I tell people. Probably that, like Texas. You know? I tell people yeah. I don't do
1: destination weddings, but by your standards, yeah, I, do I definitely do them. destination yeah. weddings. I mean, like, you know, a couple months ago I had to drive five hours, but, you know, I'm in central Texas, and five hours is just getting me to the coast. Yeah. Or I had a wedding, yeah, but, exactly, right near Corpus Christi. But I didn't consider that a destination wedding, although I guess it was. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, it depends what you what you qualify as destination. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we've always done. Um, last year, we were in California a bunch. We were in Boston, um, and we've shot. We've shot in a lot of states. We were in Colorado. Oh, that was a fun story. Our yeah. uh, plane got canceled, so we Ooh. drove out there. Like day before, we were supposed to leave at. 11 a.m. or something Oh my big gosh. storm rolled in all flights got grounded holy crap you know dude. we had to be there and uh packed up the car in like 45 minutes and yeah. drove out to telluride colorado oh my and, God. Uh,
1: that? how long is that drive
0: yeah it was like 21 hours or something i think Jeez. yeah or maybe it was like 18 hours i don't know it was long oh, that's so, rough dude but uh that's what
1: makes me nervous about <laughs> doing anything where i gotta get on a plane
0: yeah Oh yeah, absolutely. It's
1: like I, whenever I do have jobs like that, it's always at least the day before. Yeah, yeah, we're always booking too. our flight.
0: You know, if it's a Saturday wedding, we're booking our flight on Thursday. Like yeah. we just don't. So that was the situation here. So we we actually, like I guess, had you know a day and a half to drive out there. But yeah, it was well, it was good rough. thing. I mean, yeah, if it would have been the night before, like we would not have actually been able to make it. Like yeah. it would not work. So. So yeah, that's one thing with destination stuff. But yeah, we, you know, we've area. we've shot up and down the West Coast, um, you know, Oregon and Washington, and um, we've done a couple of shoots in Texas. Uh, okay. Nice. And uh, yeah, Midwest, some East Coast stuff. We did a wedding in Tokyo. Oh, um, that's cool. Which was pretty cool a couple of years ago. And
1: How'd you get a wedding in Tokyo?
0: Uh, so we are like avid travelers that okay. is what we what we love to do we try to do at least one you know big international trip a year nice. um so we went out to tokyo maybe like four years ago or something uh-huh. it was for an anniversary and i really should know which one it is but i don't <laughs> maybe second or third anniversary mm-hmm. and uh yeah we you know we got connected with this group of people out there um you know, to some locals and ended up hanging out with them like every night, which was cool and then uh two of them ended up getting engaged and um yeah so we we went out and shot their wedding, so cool it was a a very unique experience
1: <laughs> yeah yeah,
0: but yeah, so yeah, some destination stuff, but you know try to balance it out. we don't want to do all destination it would it would be a lot. Yeah. So
1: for sure, I mean, you kind of already experienced that during your yeah. When basically, you moved and you had 11 weeks in a yeah, row, if I had to do that, here, I would California.
0: burn out of this industry pretty quick. I'd then. Yeah, for sure.
1: I wanted to take a quick break here in the middle of the show to tell you about a new way that I'm saving thousands of dollars a year on music licensing. First of all, if you're new to making wedding films. You should know that you can't just pay $0.99 cents to iTunes and use that in your videos online. It's against the law, and you could face a heavy fine or even jail time. Yikes! So, until now, you've had to pay somewhere between 10 to $50 per song on average to get good music for your wedding films legally. And then, if you want to use that same song in a different video, you have to pony up the cash again! For some of you, this means paying well north of $5,000 a year in music licensing fees. So, what if you could get unlimited, amazing, licensed music for your wedding films for only $135 a year? This is amazing! I used to spend that much just on one video. If you want to learn more, go to soundstripe.com or click the link on our website. And now, Soundstripe is offering 10% off to our listeners with the code WFA 10. So again, go to soundstripe.com and use WFA 10 to get 10% off of your full year of fantastic licensed music for your videos today. Not only that, but when you use code WFA 10 at checkout, your purchase helps support the wedding film Academy to keep bringing you amazing free content to help you make better wedding films and run a more successful business. So you were telling me something else during dinner that I thought was interesting that, you've kind of got a a rolling uh, group of interns coming through your studio. So tell me about that.
0: Yeah, our, you know, our intern program um, started just kind of by chance. So when when I moved up to Santa Barbara, it was right after we got married uh, and my wife still had a semester left of school up there. And then, you know, we just kind of stuck around and lived out there for another five years or so. And, you know, so we we got contacted by the school that she went to or I think by a student that wanted to intern with us uh, that was at that school and they get, you know, credit for it. Um, And yeah, so, you know, we had never really pursued that or thought like, Oh, this would be a terrific idea, but we figured why not? You know, we both love what we do. We both felt like we were in a position at that time where we, you know, we had been in the industry a while and we could, teach what we had learned and um and yeah so it, you know we we had a handful of interns through that school and through some other places as well while we we're out there and then uh right now we have two interns um and so we've always kind of had between one and three interns i would say okay. since that originally started i mean there's
1: Is it just in the summer or
0: has it no it's 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 stayed pretty year-round um there are like every now and then there's like a season that doesn't have an intern currently or something but uh for the most part you know the interns and i think we've gotten more like maybe selective with who we would uh take on as an intern as the years have gone on but you know it's a learning curve just learning what you're looking for too and you know our interns i think get a lot more out of it than we do and that's totally cool with us like sure um, when i started i started shooting for another company i started when i was in high school with a um, an intern program that you could do through high school for a month. You could shadow a professional instead of going to school. So I was all about that. Yeah. Um, and you know, he was probably learned more in that month. Oh yeah. Seriously. Right. Um, I, I think I learned more in that, you know, that month, uh, you know, shooting with him and learning from this guy, than, you know, going to film school even probably to be completely honest with you, but, uh, or at least that pertains to what I do today. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, this guy was—he was an open book with me. Um, he didn't withhold anything. Like you know, any question I had was fair game. Um, and so we've really tried to replicate that with our interns. Like we, you know, some people will hold back information or things that could make them maybe be your competition in the long run. And sure. you know, we just don't view it that way. So yeah, um, we're really adamant about you know being an open book and yeah, and b- teaching them whatever they want to know um so that's been a really cool you know there have been things too that they know that we don't like we did a project um and it was a photo project and it it ended up needing like some pretty extensive photoshop uh that we didn't like we don't do photoshop Um, yeah like we do photography as well but all our editing is lightroom if we ever need like a photoshop thing we'll outsource it yeah and uh one of our interns like oh yeah i can do that so like that was perfect because yeah you know they get some experience and they were helping us out and um so it was cool and i think we, we ended up paying him for that so um our general our general stance is like you know you're it's an unpaid internship you're here to learn sure like in in exchange you get the fact that we're an open book ask us anything yeah and you get to play around with all our gear and see what you like and what you might want to invest in and whatever sure um And in exchange, like we have, we have our interns help us maybe pare down like the music selection for weddings, um, stuff like that. And we'll do a bunch of like kind of fun shoots, like more shoots to like learn. Um, and then we'll usually bring our interns to maybe one wedding during their internship. So we don't want to crowd a, you know, prep room that's already too crowded at a wedding or something. So, um, but you know, there are times when we, uh, do things outside of weddings, um, like I was telling you, so the beer we're drinking, certainly we just did a shoot for them mm-hmm. um, a couple of weeks ago. And I brought, you know, our two interns because Micah had something else and she couldn't be there. And so, you know, they were there to just help run gear around and hold a reflector and stuff like that. And so, you know, for that, we'll we'll pay them if we need them at something. We'll, we'll make sure to pay them as well. So it's cool, I think. Did they, like, come over to your house or? Yeah, I mean, we're yeah. home base. So, uh-huh. you know, maybe someday we'll. You know, we just haven't had a need for an office really. So um, we've kept it home based. So, yeah, you know, they've, uh, they just come and hang out. And I usually make them breakfast bowls and coffee. And uh, we'll we'll chat and, you know, they get some food out of it, free breakfast, I guess. Yeah. um, It's a good time. You know, like I mentioned, kind of our, we're maybe a little more selective about who we're taking on as interns because we are spending a lot of time with them. And, yeah, we're having them over to our house and, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're friends and we want to be able to connect with them. Sure. Um, we don't want somebody that we like don't really enjoy spending time with or yeah. something, you know, right? Cause Absolutely. that would be a bummer. So, um, how, uh, how long is an internship? Um, it's bands, not really a designated it's probably... time. It's kind of like, it's, however long it's the they thing they're getting to. credit for at school though, right? Or, yeah. Or no? So, you know, it was, um, that was the case with every intern except for the current two that we have. So the current okay. two are just um, one of them. Actually, was a a bride of ours uh, oh, nice. about a year and a half. It was like a year ago, January. So yeah, like a year and a half ago. Okay. Um, and I, she's probably not in film school then, right? No, she's she's done with school, and she was just interested in um, you know photography and videography and. Yeah. She was like, "Hey, it was, it was funny. I, I can't remember if it was after or maybe it was even before her wedding and she was like, "Just wanted to like email you guys. Not sure if you'd be interested, but I would really love to learn from you." Yeah. And uh, you know, we were all about it. So, that was like pretty soon after we had moved and um and then it's our Cool, you our, already knew you liked her. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then our second intern or, you know, our our, yeah, our second intern that we have right now was, you know, kind of the same boat. She wasn't a, a bride of ours, but um, she was just like, hey, you know, she's done with school, but she wanted to learn about video. She thinks it, you know, might be something that she wants to do. And um, so, you know, that's that's really what we're looking for. Like, we want somebody who we can, you know, we can connect with and be friends with. But it's almost sometimes better if, if there's no credit, because um, you know that they have the right motivation for it yeah Uh yeah. that makes sense they actually care they actually want to learn and yeah um it's a bummer if you're teaching and somebody doesn't want to actually learn it that would be a waste of time just tell
1: them to get hit the door yeah exactly (laughs) yeah so um, how
0: how much are they working for you our internship is like a very loose program oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. i mean it would have to be i guess um you know like i said we don't really bring them to weddings just um yeah, there's a lot of reasons. I don't know. Like it's, we don't want more footage, and if we don't want more footage, then what are they doing there other than observing and you know stuff like that. So, like you know, we we try to maybe bring them to one, um, but it has you to be the right them, like, couple. You can make them change your lens or something. Yeah, but yeah, like you go. push this button. <laughs> I feel like the problem is how, like I'm I'm so like you know in the zone on a wedding day, right? I'm gonna yeah. just forget that they're there for eight hours and for then sure. apologize afterwards or something. Yeah. So, um. But yeah, I mean, there's no like set. Uh, I, you know, with the kids, or with the kids, um, with the people when they <laughs> were in school, right? Um, with our interns, that was a little more. They had to do, I think it was like ten hours a week or something like okay. that. That was a little more structured, but it wasn't structured from us. It was structured from the school they were coming from. Sure. Um, yeah. And now, you know, with these interns that we have now, it's it's more, um, it's more like a creative, you know, collective or whatever, right? Where they're learning from us, but they're also going out and they're scheduling shoots that you know pique their interest in shoots that are they're passionate about and then it's cool because they're inviting us along to these shoots too so we're going out and like shooting like more like um not models i don't know but you know something like that right where we find a cool location we find somebody a model and we just go out and shoot and have fun and so there's no set time per week or anything like that i think there there are like some expectations that we set forward um like the music thing we like them to kind of scour the music bed and you know, put together a list that we can select some songs from, from there, you know, take a little bit of the workout, leg workout for us. And, uh, yeah.
1: Cool. Yeah. Cool. That's good. So, I mean, for me, like we don't do internships, but with my, my volume brand, you know, we're hiring people at the level of, Hey, I don't know anything about this. Yeah, or maybe I have like a basic knowledge of how a camera works and what you know. Yeah. what expo- how to how to get a proper exposure. Yeah, you know, at most. But like just
0: the bare bones. Right. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And then we kind of take them and train them from there. So that's part of for me. Like, I I do love that experience of taking someone like that who has either no or very little skill level at yep. something. And molding them into someone who can, you know, create a decent, and, create a decent yeah. product for us, you know. But, yeah, for me, like, that's that's uh, so much what I think we're missing in our culture today that we used to have. Is totally. This, this apprenticeship model yep. where, you know, maybe you come to me and... You're not worth minimum wage to me, you know. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. But if I can hire you, hire you, quotes <laughs> for free, yeah. you know, like I could teach you a lot of stuff. Yeah. And in the so case you're of like these, to put in a
0: little bit of work, you yeah. can get to a paid position.
1: Exactly right. And you're taking like people right now, your two interns now, yep. who are not in film school yep. even, so they're getting a in some ways you know, a film school education. Yeah. Maybe in, in other ways, like even more, quite a bit more practical probably. Yeah. Uh, without having to go into student debt for it. Yeah. Seriously. You know? <laughs> um, and in the case of, of the people who I'm hiring, uh, you know, getting actually a paycheck from it. Yeah. too. you know, like to me and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's smaller. I'm not paying them what I'll, you know, I, I've seen a number of uh, of things on the forums where people are saying, you know, we're paying them X number of dollars. Yep. We're paying them less than that, you know, when they start. But they can earn their way to that point. Exactly. By showing, you know, that they're producing good work for us. Um, but, yeah, I think that's so much of what we're missing in our culture is if you want to learn something, hey, you've got to go put yourself in a $100,000 worth of debt. Yeah to Which learn how nuts. to do it and then you might not even really learn how to do it. Yeah. You might just and learn the history might, of how to do it. Exactly.
0: You know? Or the, you know, the problem is, yeah, you're going to like, you know, I think I mentioned it now while we're recording and not at dinner, but I don't remember, but you know, for me I went to film school and I you know, I enjoyed it. It was I learned some cool stuff, but it was for narrative work. Like it was right. not it was set stuff. And it was great for that, but the reality is I didn't want to do I didn't want to work, you know, Hollywood or whatever, right? Because right. it's ridiculous hours and it just, it wasn't what I wanted to do. Sure. So I do this, you know, weddings and corporate films and event work, but, you know, realistically very little of what I'm doing now is learned in film school. It's just a different path, yeah. you know, not a wrong path by any means, but just different. And so, yeah, yeah being able to learn from, you know, like the experience I had right. doing that mentorship in high school was invaluable. I mean, sure. that's, you know, honestly, like, and I've, I've told my wife this, I've told other people, you know, for me personally, if I were to do it again, at least at this point in my life, I probably wouldn't do, I probably wouldn't go to, to college. And I, you know, because... For sure. It wasn't worth it for me, at least right now. Who knows? Yeah. You know, I've got a long, many years of working ahead of me. Sure, and yeah. And maybe that degree will help. But, you know, for now, it, it, it just wasn't worthwhile. It wasn't worth the time for or sure. the money. But...
1: Well, I mean, I've seen can't tell you how many resumes I've received yeah. from people who went to the UT Film School, Yep, which is consistently ranked in the top two or three film schools in the country. You know, Austin in general has a great film yeah. community, but, but the UT Film School is apparently fantastic. But I've had so many resumes I've gotten from the UT Film School that came with a reel that was just awful. Yeah. I'm like, what <laughs> did they teach you well, the here? Because this is-, is terrible. Yeah. Yeah, well, and and that's not all of our shooters. We have one shooter who's a graduate of the UT Film School. Yeah, who's one of our top shooters, um, but most of them were like,
0: "What are you yeah, doing?" It was rough. Yeah, yeah. Well, and one of the things too that I've noticed is like, you know, wed- weddings specifically are just very unique. Like, sure. Like I mentioned, what I learned in school doesn't really pertain to the weddings. Maybe on a very basic level, like here's exposure and here's you know sure. stuff like that. But you know, some of the some of the people that i've known um you know that were in my program or just you know people that i know that went to film school and they went for narrative or documentary work or something like that and then they get asked to do a wedding and like it's very clear that weddings are just their own beast i mean you could be a great filmmaker you could be a great cinematographer for on-set stuff yeah and very little of that really carries over. And yeah. you know, you might have a pretty rough product on that first wedding because you, yeah. you have to learn weddings. It's not just For sure. cinematography. So,
1: And I don't know that this is true because I don't do a lot of this type of work, but I feel like if you become a good wedding filmmaker, mm-hmm. the other stuff in a lot of ways, I mean, there's going to be its own challenges and it's all going to have its own unique thing. Yeah. But a lot of other stuff is probably going to feel like a breeze.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think... I think the transition from weddings to narrative work would be easier than, you know, anything. especially if
1: you're the guy who's behind the camera. If that's your only job, yeah, then it's
0: way the heck easier. Yeah, you know? I, one thing probably there'd be a little, you know, you have to learn to work with people, I guess, if you're going on set because sure, you're yeah. probably working solo or you know maybe with one or two other right. people, but so that's um, a whole different skill set. Yeah, but the, the nice thing with set stuff would... too is you get to, you know, are you like you really like lighting? Okay, you get to be a gaffer. Like all you're doing right. is lighting. Yeah. You want to, you know, you really like figuring out how you want the shot to look. Like, you're doing, you're a cinematographer. Like, that is all you worry about. Yep. Whereas with weddings, you know, you're setting up lights, you're setting up audio, you're monitoring audio, you're running a camera. Like, you know, you're, you're doing it with all. the mother of the bride. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're, there's, you know, somebody's having a meltdown. You're figuring it out. Yep. You're the, um, you're the marriage counselor. You're like the second, side. uh, second wedding coordinator, making sure everything's yes, on time. For sure. So, yeah, you're wearing a lot more hats, and yep. so there's there's pros and cons, and there's definitely skills that carry over and skills that don't, you know, each way, so sure. it's interesting, but um, there's
1: yeah. uh, one of my, actually my studio manager, um, who actually produces this podcast too, Taylor, uh, she was assisting me, actually, she was, we were doing, the, uh, we had two different corporate shoots that she was helping me with, and... Uh, we were doing both photo and video and she was mostly shooting the video for me and I was shooting the photo. Yeah. But at one point in the day she looked over at me and she's like, this is like a day off. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it is. You know? And I mean, we're working and we're getting paid right for it and all that stuff. But like, it felt like a, you know, compared to a wedding. Yeah. It felt like a day off. Yeah. You know, we're just kind of chilling there with a the camera.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Half your time is spent, you know, thinking and setting up a shot rather than. Yep. I don't know, running around yeah figuring out
1: yeah. Yeah, or in this case like taking photos of uh somebody in a dentist chair. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's it's uh it's interesting. Yeah, but. for sure.
1: So I'm in Texas, I know what weddings are like there. Um what what are what are what's the average wedding like here? Is it pretty pretty diverse or um, I don't know what what's going on. Different, do you think in in Minneapolis?
0: Yeah, I don't. I mean, I guess I don't know because you know we do we do shoot destination stuff, but that's you know one wedding in a state or something. So Fair yeah. it's hard to say you know for sure without you know I, I can compare it to California. Um, you know, I think uh, it's interesting. You know, one of the things that we worried about was the market when mm-hmm. we moved and. Could the market sustain? You know, what we would consider like the higher end of middle tier maybe is where we're mm-hmm. where we're around something like that. Sure, yeah. Um, and worrying that hey, you know, we knew a bunch of people out here that were doing solid work. You know, in Santa Barbara, we didn't know many people that were doing great work. Yeah. Um, or whatever, solid work. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And here we knew a lot of people that were. And so we were, you know, the back of our head was a little bit of worry of, you know, we'll have a lot more competition, whereas we really didn't where we were. And sure. can the market sustain what our prices were? Or are we going to have to, you know, dip them down or stuff like that? So, But what we found was, you know, Minneapolis is is a big enough market. You know, yes, there's more competition, but it's, it's big enough to sustain that. Yeah. Um, it's also you know it's a big city so there is the budgets are here to um, to pay you know what, what we charge and what other people around our price point charge as well um, I think that the you know the overall wedding budgets are less um, but I think that they're having to devote less of that to like venues and stuff like venues in California were nuts they were super expensive oh, yeah I didn't think of that so like you know, yeah, your overall budget in California might be an average of I don't know fifty or sixty thousand or something, and here maybe it's thirty. But you know, that extra thirty or twenty thousand is probably going directly to the venue only. You know, yeah, so, yeah. You know, I think a lot of other vendors are maybe similarly priced. Um, okay. Or you know, it, it, there's more spread here. I would say. Well, it makes a lot of sense just because real estate's so crazy expensive. Yeah, yeah it's insane. The,
1: the venues would have to be really expensive. Yeah. yeah
0: i mean it makes sense um and then as far as like venues themselves i mean you know i think in california we shot a lot of um you know like ranch weddings and beach weddings and um you know occasionally we'd have a a hotel wedding um but you know those hotels were like i mean they were santa barbara usually they were more like resorts kind of they were very outdoors and beautiful and um and then, you know, there were a handful of, of venues that I would say are, like, built for weddings. Like, they're not really a ranch or a barn, but they're, like, something that's just, like, made for a wedding. Sure. Um, and out here, you know, it's it's kind of the same breakup, I would say, as far as, I mean, no beach, I guess, out here. But, I don't know. You can replace that with something. We shot an elopement on Lake Superior, so that's kind of like a beach. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the the breakup is maybe similar. Um But the hotel weddings, I would say, here are much more what you would think of as a hotel. Like, California hotel weddings, I would barely count as a hotel. Mm. So, here it's more like ballroom stuff if you're in a hotel. Um, Or, like, a lot more, I would say, like, country club kind of weddings, stuff like that. So, um, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's just been, you know, it's different. It's something you need to adjust to. And, um, you know, sometimes a, a ballroom looks, like, the tables and everything look great and they're gorgeous and the flowers, but the walls are just, you know, off white walls or something. So, right. you know, figuring out how to deal with that and stuff. So, yeah. Um so that's really the only big change, you know, I think our couples have um, you know, we've been consistent about who we want to work with and the types of couples that we want to attract and I think that's stayed the same. Um so I think those are, you know, the big the big kind of differences that I've I've seen, but yeah. I don't know. That's just between Minneapolis and California. So yeah, for sure, <laughs> it could be different elsewhere. So,
1: so I think for probably a lot of our listeners, um, ten years sounds like a long time to them because yeah. I think we have we have a very diverse listenership. But for a lot of our listeners, you know they're they're getting started or maybe they've been in it for two or three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me. In your experience, having done this for 10 years, what is it that keeps this exciting and fresh to you? Yeah. Doing 25-plus weddings every year for the last 10 years, so 250-plus weddings. Yeah. Uh, Tell me what what keeps it fresh for you. What keeps it exciting? Why why do you keep doing it?
0: Yeah. I think the big things, um, you know, so our so aside from last year, our limit is 25. So it's, yeah. it's only the plus is only last year. Okay. Um, every okay. other year is 25. And that's honestly, that's played a huge role. Like we see so many people burn out. Sure. Um, you know, you hear, oh, this videographer, oh, yeah, you know, I booked 60 weddings this year. You know, and they're doing – like it's not like 60 weddings with like a volume brand that they're outsourcing stuff. Like they themselves, you know what I mean, or photographers – You know, if you can do that, like, I, you know, all the power to some people are just machines. Yeah. And if that works, like, (laughs) congratulations, you're making bank and, uh, like, you know, work for 10 years and then retire. Yeah. But, you know, the reality (laughs) is if you're charging right. Yeah. Well, yeah, also that. (laughs) So (laughs) charge right, then work for 10 years and retire. Yeah. Um, But, you know, the reality is, like, for us, we were just very, from the start, we were just like, hey, we want to actually, this was probably since. Micah came on board and it was like a discussion between the two of us, which was, you know, we want to like what we do. We want to yeah. devote the appropriate time to every couple. We want to show up to every wedding and be excited for it. Mm. And the day that we aren't excited is the day that we're doing a disservice to those those clients and those couples. Yeah. And, you know, if we if we ever get to that point, then we need to really reevaluate what we're doing and why we're doing it. Yeah. Um so, you know, that 25 limit, you know, that's, that's what worked for us. Um, that's yeah. our number that can be different for anybody, but sure. you know, if you're getting bogged, I mean, even at 25, we get bogged down in editing a bit. Um, but you know, we, uh, so 25 was to make sure we could keep enjoying it and also deliver it quickly. We quote four to eight weeks and we're pretty consistent with that. Cool. Um, I don't think we've ever missed that deadline. Nice. That's important to us. Um. But yeah, so I think, you know, having that number, whatever it might be, to just make sure, like, don't get burned out and don't, you know, make sure you're excited for for everybody. Um, and then also, you know, over the years, too, um, we've gotten a little more picky with, I don't want to say we're picky with who, we're, who we work with. Like, we're not some exclusive bl- brand or whatever, but, sure. you know, like, we, we want to take on the weddings with people that we really enjoy meeting with and, yeah. you know, the couples that we really hit it off with because... You know, chances are we're gonna book those twenty-five weddings, and you know we want them to be ones that we're we're gonna be excited about anything. But it helps if it's a really awesome couple and a great venue and whatever. So yeah, um, you know, having that I think helps too. I think, and that's you know that comes with time. Like sure, you need to do more weddings to see what you want, and what you don't want, and um, yeah, stuff like that. So I think that I think yeah, having that number and being. Not selective, but just knowing like there are definitely inquiries that we have or email exchanges or even meetings occasionally that you know, it's just we're not the best fit for what they want. Yeah. Um they might ask, you know, some it used to be copyrighted music, that was a big thing. People would be like, mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I wanna use this Taylor Swift song or something and I'd be like, Right. Hey, we can't and they'd like really pressure us on that. And at that point yeah. it was just like, Hey, you know, you guys sound awesome, like I don't think we're a good fit. And yeah. You know, that's. I think that's helped us get out of some situations that we just feel like we were maybe being pushed in the direction of doing something that isn't our style or something, and, or is illegal. Yeah. Or yeah, or illegal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know, that was that was one example. But we've had other examples that's like, hey, you know, we want a thirty-minute film of the whole day, and it's like we don't do that. Right. Like here's what, and and also like, you contact us through our website. So where in the world do you see that on our website? Because yeah. it does not exist. You know. Yep. But, uh, you know, stuff like that where it's just, you know, you're just not the best fit. And I think that's okay. So I think uh, one of the things, maybe, I don't know, maybe this an answer to your question too, but one of the things that I, you know, different like Facebook pages and with our interns and stuff um, that I'm, you know, really adamant about is learning to say no is probably one of the best business decisions mm. or not decisions, business lessons that you can learn. Yeah. Um just knowing when it's it's too much for you or it's not your style or it's not your ideal client and it's right. not it's nothing personal like it's it's okay to say no to stuff or requests like i think a lot of people in our industry you know the the client should get what they want your couple should be thrilled with their product but sometimes requests come in that aren't they aren't realistic and they're not what you negotiated and they're not what you're being paid for and sure. you know knowing when to say no to some stuff like that or knowing when to say, Hey, you know, I'd love to do it. Here's my hourly rate. You know, it can be, uh, I think it can be a, a good way to relieve a, that burden of being like, you know, all of a sudden, like, you know, this couple asked for raw footage or whatever. And all of a sudden now you're like grumpy about the whole wedding and you right. don't want to work with them anymore and whatever, you know? So yep. having those boundaries and stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good advice for sure. Yeah. I had a, I had an inquiry for my volume brand like two weeks ago and they wanted – their initial email anyways was like the most affordable package we have and then a list of literally 20 questions that they wanted me to answer through email and they're like, oh, you know, I'm out of country and so I can't talk on the phone and I need you to answer these 20 questions. Yeah. I'm like – uh, like, this, can you give me like a sound, percentage
0: yeah. that you're going to book or not? Yeah. Cause well, no, basically
1: so. what I told her was I'm not going to answer these questions through email. Yeah. I told her, uh, you know, I think if I try to answer these questions via email, it's not going to get communicated correctly. Yeah. And so, you know, you got to find a time to get on the phone with me or Skype or whatever yeah. because you know. I'm not going to have that conversation through email. know. Yeah. not of beneficial it, to anybody at yeah, that point. for sure. And part of it was just like, I was worried that it was going to be who I imagined in my head, a person who asked 20 questions through an email might be, yep. which was like terrifying. Like, <laughs> do I want to work with this person for the cheapest package of our budget brand? Yep. And the answer to that question was an emphatic no. <laughs> but, it ended yeah, up working out great because I set up the Skype with her and she was super sweet on the phone. Yeah.
0: Just somebody and who found that list on like not or something. Yeah, probably right? yeah.
1: something like that. And then she ended up booking a higher package, anyways. Yeah. So it all worked out great. But I was very much ready to be like, nope. Yeah. Look for somebody else. And we've done that before with our volume brand, particularly because we have a lot of people who come to us and say, hey, we really just want a ceremony video. Can you do that? And yep. my answer is always no to that. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, frankly, because we're we're probably going to shoot 120 weddings this year. Yeah. You're gonna I'm going to fill, the date fill your date. Yeah. You know, so I'm not, I'm not going to come and just shoot it, you know, and basically lose money on totally. it. Totally. Um,
0: um, yeah, that's another thing, too. Like, this might not be what keeps us from burning out or whatever, but, you know, one of the things that we've been big on, again, from the start is, uh, at least for a boutique brand, like, like we would sure. consider ourselves is, you know, meeting with our couples. So sometimes that's in person, but a lot of couples that we shoot maybe don't live in Minneapolis or don't, you know, didn't live in Santa Barbara. So we're always Skyping or FaceTiming. Like, yeah, you know, we can do a phone too, call yeah. too, but the thing is like asking somebody a Skype or FaceTime, not that big of a deal. Like if you can have a phone call, you can have a FaceTime. Yep. And uh, I think that really lets us in on, you know, who they are as a couple and, yep. and maybe more importantly, it lets them in on who we are yep. as people and as a couple and what it's going to be like working with us. And yeah. so I think that's really helped too, like, you know, narrowing down that ideal client and making sure that that's who who we're working with and yeah. you know, that they, uh, you know, we're, we're very much not, we are not just a vendor at a wedding. And, you know, a lot of people have that as part of their, you know, their sales pitch or whatever and sure. uh, and it's true for them too it's not any more yeah, true for us for sure but you know i think there is that boutique brand that yeah you're not you know people hire us because they love our work and they also hire us because you know at the same time they they really want us there to capture it so yeah um so that's cool That no, makes Fun. sense and another benefit of the husband husband wife team I, i'd say yeah. we probably each connect with you know different people and in different scenarios, so that probably helps as well. I'm sure part of it, too, is,
1: like, I can think about times where I've had transitions in terms of my pricing for my boutique brand. Yep. Where I've I've raised, made a significant raise in the price. Uh Uh-huh. And, but I have also weddings from, like, older pricing models that year. Yep. And it's probably a bad thing, but I can feel... The difference in my excitement to show up for that wedding, yeah, and like I wish I I do wish it wasn't that way, but it happens. No, I mean, you know, like, uh, you know, there was a year where I had a two thousand dollar wedding uh, on Friday, and then Saturday I had a seven thousand dollar wedding. Yeah, and I was way more excited to show up for the seven thousand dollar wedding, and it wasn't even that like I mean, the check had already been cashed. Yeah. In both cases. A month
0: before or something. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. A month before, I had gotten the full amount from both of them. But there was something in that, yeah. you know, uh, that I was just much more excited to show up for that couple. Because I knew, like, they valued me at three and a half times <laughs> yeah, yeah. what the other client valued <laughs> That's me That's one at. of those
0: things you might say is maybe not the best way to
1: look at it. It's but. not the best way to look at <laughs> but it. But it's you know, And I agree. Yeah. I'm saying, like, I wish it wasn't that <laughs> way for me. But But it it is. is. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, like that's actually a part of
0: not burning out over a long
1: period of time is being properly
0: compensated for what I do. Totally. Um, Yeah. I think, you know, that's, you know, that that goes two ways, too. That goes the way of not burning out, you know, not emotionally is not the right word, but not burning out in like, oh, I hate weddings or something. Yeah. But it also goes the, the route of not burning out in a business sense of like, you know, if you're charging a thousand bucks or something, like it's just not sustainable. Yep. You know, and that's just, that's not really even a debatable yep. fact, right? But yeah, I think, you know, charging more, it solves two problems there. It's, it's making your business an actual business. You know, when you take sure. into account expenses and taxes and things like that, you know, charging more obviously makes you more profitable. Um, yep and makes your business stay afloat and you know i could tell you you know over over 10 years we've seen a ton of people who do great like amazing work video and photo but they can't run a business you know like that you know doing great work is half of it and you need to have great work if you want to charge you know high prices yep but if you can't if you can't figure out how to run a business it doesn't matter how good yeah. your work is so you know that's part of it and then the other problem it solves like you mentioned is you know yeah you, f- you feel a little bit better about showing up to a you know i don't know five figure wedding or something than you yeah. do to something that's $2000 and yeah you know your pricing might have been different one year or whatever and you know there's tons of reasons why that happens but sure. and you know ultimately you know we've had we've had clients over the years Who book our largest package, but they're, you know, we're at a, you know, half a million dollar wedding or something. Right. We're a, you know, a drop in the bucket as far as their, their overall wedding budget goes, even though they paid us a lot of money to do it. Yeah. And we've had the flip side. We've had, you know, we've had clients who have, you know, probably less than a $10,000 budget for their wedding and they're spending 40% of that to have us there, you know, because we're the most important thing. So. You know, it, it, and I'm sure you've experienced the same thing. This,
1: yeah, this year I had just those exact same opposites you're talking about. Um, Yeah. We actually did one where the bride, it was, it was a friend. So I did it at a discounted price, you know, because I just, I felt, I, I, it was a last minute booking. It was a friend. And I just really wanted to do it for them, you know? But they, she told me like my budget for my whole wedding is $5,000. Yeah. and she had it like the venue was free, yeah, um, it was like at a friend's like backyard type thing, um, but she still spent you know more than half of that with me, even with the discount and everything, but yeah. you know, it's like uh i I knew how much she valued,
0: yeah, how important it. you and your video were, yeah, and so to her. like
1: even though I was getting paid way less than some of my other weddings. Like I was just as excited for that one. Part of it was because I love this, these people and yeah. all that stuff too, you know, but that's um, cool. Yeah, for sure. Huh? Well, we have to wrap up the show, but I, um, I always end with a pick of the week and every single time without fail, I forget to tell my guests that we're doing a pick of the week. All right. I was not aware of this. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I'll go first. Well I think of oh I know what my pick of the week is actually. So I'm pretty excited because I I have a couple of new um, exciting, expensive toys. Sometimes I try to make my pick of the week cheap so that you know people can go pick it up without having to think about it. Yeah. This is not one of those times. Uh, so my pick of the week is going to be the Leica twelve millimeter Sumalux. 1.4 lens. Uh, I just got this lens uh, only a few days ago, but have been playing around with it and am super stoked about it. It lives up to the name Leica. It is super sharp, and you know, especially with when you're getting it like uptight, up up close shots. It has some beautiful creamy bokeh even at 12 millimeters. Uh, of course, on the GH5, that's 24 yeah. equivalent. Uh, focal length, but I am super pumped about this lens. I think it's thirteen or fourteen hundred dollar lens, but but worth it. Worth it. <laughs> yes, it is. It is a thing of beauty. It's built super well. Uh, Bobby was looking at it earlier. Uh, it's got the manual focus ring. Or sorry, it's got uh, focus ring, of course, obviously, but it's got the manual uh, aperture ring. Okay. Um, and it's got the little switch for the manual focus, autofocus. It's just it's built really well. Uh, pretty large front element for Micro Four Thirds system, but it's just a beautiful lens, and the colors are fantastic. I'm yeah. Anyways, I could talk a lot more about this lens, but if you're shooting uh, with with the Lumix system, highly recommend anything with the branded name Leica that I've used has been fantastic. I also yeah. own the so I own the twelve, the fifteen, the twenty-five, and the forty-two and a half Leica. And all of them are superb. But this is the newest addition to the family here. Yeah. So that is my pick of the week.
0: Yeah, okay. So one so I think, you know, this is this is going back. This is not something I just picked up. But something that we made the change of this year in my pick of the week is gonna be the Zun Crane. Um, Uh I don't know if anybody else on this podcast has talked about it. I can't remember
1: if they have, I probably have at some point, but go ahead. Yeah. So,
0: you know, we forever, so it's a stabilizer. It's a one handed stabilizer. We for forever used the Ronin. Well, you know, we used a Glycam, you know, whatever, eight years ago or something. And we love that. It gets got great shots. Then we got the Ronin M maybe four years ago or basically right when it came out. I don't remember when that was. And that really changed the game. I mean, it's an electronic gimbal; it has three motors, and yep. um, but you know, I was hesitant to get rid of it. And then we, you know, the Zune Crane came out, and it was you know getting some some talk, and it was relatively cheap. Yeah, um, it's under a grand. Yeah, it's, it's six fifty. It? Oh, fifty. Six fifty. They just released version two, um, and I got it. There was like an Amazon Lightning deal. It was like four fifty. Dang. So I was like, well, I'm just going to get it and if I don't like it, I'll wait till the price, you know, price goes back up, I'll sell it for like $100 profit, you yeah, know, yo, and call yeah. it a day. And I absolutely love this thing. I think yeah. the the footage is as stable, if not more stable than the Ronin. Yeah. Um, the one-handed, you know, grip or whatever you want to call it is awesome. You know, I was a little hesitant about that, but I, you know, absolutely love it. You can get a two handed attachment for like forty dollars on eBay. So, you know, okay. if you really are in love with the two handed thing, you know, you can still do that. The weight limit is eighteen hundred grams. So whatever you know, that means. Yeah, exactly. So you know, if you're flying mirrorless, you're probably good. If you're flying a Canon, you're good. Depending on the lens you want to use. Right. Basically, it depends on the setup, the body and the sure, lens you want yeah, to use. Yeah. Um, we put a quick release on there. We love it. We use it with our Sony A7S II and the 16 to 35 Zeiss lens. And the biggest, one of the biggest things is with the Ronin, you had to carry around the stand. So every wedding, I had to have yep. the Ronin, you know, two hands, and I would like balance the stand on my shoulder or something. Like I looked ridiculous. And I don't know exactly what you mean. I had a I had a similar product. It wasn't yeah. the Ronin, but yeah. And you know, having that stand was the—it was a major downfall to the Ronin. One of the yep. only big downfalls, I'd say. It was a great product, other than that. Right. Um, and the Zin Crane has just a—I'm probably going to be wrong, but maybe a three-eighths inch screw mount yeah, on it's the a bottom. Yeah, the tripod screw. Yeah. yeah so yeah. we put a little tabletop tripod. It's a Manfrotto. It's like a 209B or something. I think is the right model number, and I can set it down anywhere. So you know, that has alleviated so much stress from a wedding. Yep. Um, being able to put that down on a floor, grab a monopod with a different camera on it, or, you know, take my camera, quick release, you know, quickly through the quick release off of the crane onto a monopod, etc., cetera, um, has been absolutely great. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, I'm doing the same thing and I yeah. just love it. And And, you know, generally for weddings, right, you want to have a small footprint. And you want to be not in the way, at least that's our style. We don't yep. want to... We want it to be very much their day, and we want to capture their day. It's not our day, and so you know, with the Zoom Crane, it's it's smaller, it's less you know in the way, and you know, you have a big Ronin. People don't like being on the other side of a camera anyway, most people, and when you have a big Ronin, it's a little more noticeable, and it's a little more like, oh, what's this thing in my face or whatever, you know. So being smaller, being quicker, being lighter. You have to like you have to get the
1: you get like a. What do you call it? Like a screen for it, you know?
0: Yeah, you, you can know, an
1: external screen if you're running a Ronin yep. or something. It's hard to see unless yeah, you're way the above Ronin, your head was, or something. You know,
0: usually you'd fly it in like what, like underslung mode or whatever. So right. you can't even really see the screen. So you're shooting um, at like your belly button level, yeah. rather than eye level on yeah. the crane. And, uh, yeah, with the crane, yeah, it's eye level, you know, you can still mount a screen if you really wanted to. Sure. Um, you know, I, I haven't, um, i I'd rather go lighter, and I feel like I can see what I'm shooting, you can still do underslung mode with the crane too, if you want, which can be cool for some shots, which is nice. Uh, it really is, you know, what I feel like right now is the complete package, uh, kind of the, you know, the route that I would go if you're looking for, you know, kind of that middle ground of price, size, and uh, you know, being a quality product, getting smooth footage, yeah, for sure. Um, granted, and if
1: you're if you're not using one of those crappy Sony cameras, then you can actually flip the screen out, so you can actually that see would be the screen. huge.
0: I, I will admit you know? that huge. Um, you know, we made the switch to Sony this year. We're loving it. There's some hiccups. There's some things to get used to, sure. but uh, yeah, man, yeah. having that flip out screen. Would be Everybody really knows I nice do sometimes. this in
1: jest. I love my GH five, but. I'm not under the illusion that it's the only good camera. You can make, there, you can so, make yeah. great
0: films with any camera. It's yeah, the reality. Absolutely. So, uh, but yeah, there's uh, we've loved the crane. I've done um, a bunch of, uh, well, I don't know if I can, this, but whatever. I was gonna say, you can cut it off. Yeah. So I've done a bunch of, uh, you know, tutorial videos with the crane on balancing it and, course, um, you yeah. know, why I use it and stuff like that on YouTube. And I actually got contacted by Zune. So nice. now I'm, now I'm, you know, I uh, actually negotiate with them. So, uh, they wanted me to like, hey, you know, people should order through this link or whatever. Nice. And you can get so like an affiliate. Yeah, affiliate. But okay. I was like, okay, like that's cool. But I want something for my viewer, like for my subscribers on YouTube. And so, they, so now I'm able to offer 10% off, which is nice. pretty sweet.
1: So where do they need to go if they're going to buy a, a crane? Where should so, they...
0: you know, I, I'm not going to recite the YouTube link, but there's a, okay. there's a YouTube video. if you search Zune Crane Discount or search Wedding Cinema University, which is what most of my, uh, you know, Wedding Cinema tutorial stuff goes through, you'll find my channel on there. Sure. There's a, there's a video called Xune Crane Discount and, uh, that has the instructions to get 10% off. Nice. Um, and yeah, it's, it's any other products, although, you know, I've only specifically used the crane, um. But uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. And that puts it at the sub 600 price point. That puts it at like 6 or 580 or something like that. So um, even if you hate it, it's a.
1: And you're not going to hate it. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to hate it. And the battery life is incredible too. Battery life
0: is crazy. That was another thing. You know, I never, I never ran out the Ronin battery, but I did come close sometimes. Um, And I only had one battery, which is probably really bad of me to do, but you know, whatever. Um, The crane comes with two, it's two batteries to run it so it comes with two sets of two batteries right those batteries are um you know they say they last six to hour six to eight hours per set i've never gone below two of the four bars at a wedding yeah and so i still have that fresh set you know in my kit always um and then the the new version the version two which i don't use and it's a very minor difference um they added their own quick release they changed the bottom, the screw mount. used to need an adapter, and then um, they changed the button layout a, a little bit. But the motors are all the same; it still works the same way. Right. And for that version two, um, the battery life also increased. So it's okay. uh, I think it's ten to twelve hours. So yeah, I mean, you could use this thing. Who for like,
1: needed though? I mean, yeah, battery life is so good on that other one, anyways. Yeah, and that's like that's
0: running it too, right? Like if yeah. you're running that for if you're like physically holding that and making the motors work for twelve hours, like. Yeah.
1: I mean, you would have gone through, like, 50 Sony batteries yeah, at that point, exactly,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah or, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: Or one GH5 battery. Some, so, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe 48 Sony batteries. <laughs> yeah, okay.
0: Perfect. But, uh, yeah.
1: Nice. Awesome. Well, it's been great having you on the show. Uh, if our listeners want to find out more about what you're doing, uh, both in terms of education and also in terms of just your films... Where do we need to point them?
0: Yeah, so you can see, you know, our our work, our weddings, um, and some of our corporate stuff as well. Though we don't keep that as updated, that will be on our website, um, which is Redmond, uh, like the city in Washington, R E D M O N D, redmonddigitalmedia.com. Uh, dot com. And then for YouTube stuff, I wish I could remember the exact URL, and I do not. <laughs> Um, but like I said, if you search Wedding Cinema University or you search Bobby Burns, B-U-R-N-S, you'll find me on there. There is another Bobby Burns who does movie reviews, so don't oh, go to him. Go to okay. me. Um, but uh, yeah, you can find you can find our education and uh, like... Look for the reviews. Bobby Burns
1: with a mustache.
0: Yeah, Bobby Burns with so, a mustache. Yeah. The new, li- new mustache, so yeah. I don't know. Oh, okay. Some, some videos will feature okay. the mustache. Future All right. videos.
1: All right. All future videos... <laughs> With from, a mustache. He, from here forward you can never shave your
0: mustache yeah done for awesome cool well, yeah thank you so much for having me it was a blast to chat through some of this and you know it's always fun connecting with other people in the industry and yeah um you know being able to teach and share what i've learned and hopefully viewers out there uh i don't know learn something pick something up from this awesome sounds good well thanks again and uh, we'll see you next time The
1: Wedding Film Academy podcast is produced by Taylor Juarez. If you found this episode helpful, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. And help us out by leaving a five-star review on iTunes. And
0: when you're done, head on over to WeddingFilmAcademy.org to chat with our other wedding filmmakers like yourself in the comments section. Until next time, keep making movie magic.